Have you ever wondered what goes into your favorite brand's digital marketing strategy? I'm Tara, the founder of TJ Creative Agency. And I'm Audrey, the creative marketing director of TJ Creative Agency. Whether you're an influencer, a business owner, a content creator, or just an overall creative person, we'll teach you how to create the perfect social media strategy and build your brand online. Welcome back to Social Sessions, everybody. How are we doing? I hope we're doing well. I just recorded my personal podcast right before this, so I'm just in a podcasting mood. I'm in, I'm on a roll, if you will. Um, sorry, it's just Audrey here today. Um, the rest of the team had a little onboarding with a new client, so it's just you just get me this week. I hope that's okay with you. It is just it's just me and you here. So today. I want to talk to you guys about really how to get your audience to take action on your content. So we're going to kind of separate it into three segments. But before we get into that topic, I obviously have kind of a tip of the week. And it's kind of similar to, I believe last week I went over an infographic situation on social media today. And I found another one that I actually think is very interesting and I think can be very beneficial to all of you. And I will be sure to link this in the description if you want. I'm just kind of sharing the the surface level of these findings or of these percentages. Um, this is a very large infographic. And I, like I said, I do think it is a helpful one. So if you want to see a more in-depth kind of look at this, I will link it in the description. But it's essentially how to build an effective content marketing funnel. And it's from SEM rush or SEMrush. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's actually a site that I use fairly often to look for keywords. I use it for SEO purposes mostly, but they came out with this kind of, I don't know if it's like a study. I don't know what you would call it, but they basically rank like what type of things like top of the funnel content, middle of the funnel content, bottom of the funnel content, what works best. So I'm just going to kind of read off the like top few, but like I said, everybody, everybody can use a little refresher, right? On the type of content that they are putting out there. So for top of the funnel, the type of content that works best in terms of attracting traffic, 72% had said how to guides. So this is very much like the email freebies. This is why people do them, right? It's usually like how to X, Y, and Z. And that's also why reels that are similar to that do so well, right? This is how I achieved this, or this is if I was start, like you see people do this all the time too, right? If I was starting over on my Instagram, this is how I would do it. Telling people how to do something. 35% said landing page, um, which like doesn't feel exceptionally exciting. But then the next ones were infographic, checklist, and ebook. So all of those fall under the same situation of like an email type of freebie, right? Like something that your audience will get for free if they give you their email type of things. Now, that's obviously not the only format you can put those in. These can very much be posts on social media as well. Um, I just thought those were interesting that those were the top four or five. And then it says, what are the most efficient channels for attracting traffic? And they said organic search. So being, they don't specify where, but that could obviously be 
you know, Google, that could be social media, that could be wherever. Social media marketing is underneath at 60%. Um, and then email marketing is 54. So those are really the top three is organic search, social media marketing, and email marketing. Same type of stuff that we talk about all the time, right? That's where most people are finding new companies. Then we have middle of the funnel content. What type of content works best in terms of generating leads? How to guides one out again. That is the most common. Um, then we have a productive overview, case studies, webinars, success stories, things like that. What are the most efficient channels for generating leads? The same three that people say are the most efficient for attracting traffic are also the same for generating leads. So organic search, email marketing, and social media marketing. Um, most efficient for lead nurturing. This one's interesting. 72% uh, said email marketing. So don't sleep on the emails, you guys. We've talked about this before, but don't sleep on the emails. And social media is the next one. And then organic search. So we really kind of go through these three, but they do switch where they're at. So 72% was email marketing, 44 was social media marketing, and 28 was organic search. So there's a much bigger difference in this category than there has been in the other things. Um, what type of content works best for lead nurturing, success stories and product overview, and case studies are pretty close. Um, those three are the top three. Then we move down to bottom of the funnel content. So top per performing content types for bottom of the funnel, driving payments. So in case you don't understand what um, the bottom of the funnel is, that's really getting people to actually purchase from you. People said customer review, success story, product overview. Those are your three options, really. Um, efficiency metrics. This one's interesting, how you're measuring ROI. It's same type of thing that we've talked about, ROI in the sense of how much money did you put in versus how much money are you getting out of that conversion rate and number of payments. Those are very straightforward. And then most efficient channels. Again, email marketing is number one. And surprisingly, paid advertising is number two. So something to think about. Like I said, this is a much more in-depth infographic and article. So if you would like to see, there's about 50 more options on there. If you would like to look over those, it is in the description. I just thought it was a pretty interesting kind of poll. So that's kind of your tip of the week is just maybe a refresher on the different marketing phases, marketing funnel phases, I should say. Now, before getting into the episode I, of course, am going to ask you, I would love it if you rate and review the podcast. Again, you guys already know it's very helpful when you guys do. It pushes us up on the charts. It allows us to be seen by more people and help out some more, some more marketers, some more small business owners, whatever you are. Um, it allows us to reach more people. So it's actually very helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Now, getting into the actual episode. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm kind of just winging this. I have a really broad outline and I'm kind of just off the cuff here. So roll with me. So like I said, we're really talking about how to get your audience to take action on social media. 
So, and I also said, I'm going to kind of break it up into three segments. So this first segment, I want to talk about really leveraging psychology, like really understanding human psychology. That's one way you're going to get action. And also what I mean by action, I don't necessarily just mean comments. I don't necessarily just mean likes. I also mean saves and shares and website clicks and DMs, really anything that any action your audience can take. So with psychology, I really mean in your content, like play up psychological triggers, first of all. So honestly, play up on FOMO, play up on limited quality. That's why, not quality, limited quantity. That's why you see ads and you see content all the time that says like, join the wait list or three spots left or for a limited time only, or like limited batch. You see it everywhere from like, you've probably seen it on our page saying we have three spots available this fall. I bought an oat milk creamer the other day that literally on the box said limited batch. It's the same way that like Skims does a uh, like maybe a Valentine's drop and is like, these are, they're not coming back. Like you see it in every industry. It's because they're playing up this, this fear of if you don't buy this now, you're never going to be able to get it and you're going to regret it. And that's really playing into the psychology. So that's what I mean with psychological trigger triggers, um, really playing into that scarcity, right? It's almost like a fear based marketing of like, if you don't jump on this now, you're going to regret it later. Another way to kind of jump into this psychology aspect is an emotional appeal. This is like, we do this with dentists a lot with our cosmetic dentists. We see there's like a reveal and there's always like kind of a soft music and emotional music behind it. When the patient sees their new teeth for the first time, and usually they have an emotional reaction, right? Because a smile is such a personal thing. A lot of times people are crying. They're like just in shock. They're thanking the dentist a lot. And even me, like when I'm editing it, I'm literally putting the like soft music behind it. I'm editing it and it makes me smile every time. I'm like, this is so sweet. I love that these people feel confident in how they look now. It's playing up on the emotions, right? And it's the same, the same thing as like when you watch a movie, we all know that that the music that is put behind a certain scene is put there to make you feel a certain way. So it's when they put maybe really fast paced, like a high, like the bass is really high or something or whatever. And it's, it's maybe like a chase, a car chase scene. It's supposed to like get your heart up and make heart up your heart rate up and like make you nervous and make like the suspense of it all the same way that if they put like silly, goofy kind of music behind a conversation maybe between two characters, it's supposed to let you know this is lighthearted. This is a lighthearted conversation. Music can really do a lot to play up your emotions, which is why we do what we do. Like in a lot of our videos, we put maybe a soft music behind it, maybe a happy music behind it. That's one way to really dive into those emotions. Storytelling is another way to really dive into those emotions. Um, whether that's you telling a story, whether that is a client telling a story. But emotions are a great way to get people to care about the content that you're that you're talking about. And then another way that I think we can kind of dive into this psychology is 
like the bandwagon kind of effect, right? Like everybody else is doing this, so I'm going to do it. And we see that on TikTok probably the most in terms of like TikTok made me buy it. That's the entire psychology, right? And that's honestly a lot of the psychology behind influencer marketing too. It's, oh, they have it, so I need it. Or like, it look, everybody has this product, so I need this product. And Heather and I kind of talked about that a little bit with influencer marketing, with specifically micro-influencer marketing. If a company is sending their product to a ton of micro-influencers, now suddenly it's all over your page and you feel like you need it, right? And you honestly typically end up getting comments like that, like, oh, I need to try this. Like, I've seen this everywhere. So that's another way to do it is really play into the bandwagon of like, everybody else has this. You need this too. Everybody else is doing this. Everybody else is thinking that. Um, And again, that can be as simple as like the way you word something, like the product that everyone is dying for. Or even the wait list is almost a a variation of this. It's It's a FOMO thing, but it's also a way to get people to like feel like they need to jump on the bandwagon, right? If it's waitlisted, if it's constantly sold out, or you even claim that it's constantly sold out, it intrigues people enough to usually DM you to, to make an action in terms of making a purchase to comment. So that's, that's kind of what I mean by the psychology is you can definitely word things. You can use different features, whether that be music, whether that be the text on the screen, whether that be influencer marketing, whatever it is, you can really dive into the psychology and how people feel and how they should feel around your product or service. The second segment is really about relationships because we've we've talked a lot about how you need to build a community and build relationships because that's when people are going to feel the most comfortable either commenting or DMing you. They want to feel like they know you, A, and they want to feel like there's going to be a human behind the account that sees this. So you need to build that relationship with them in order for them to feel good enough to take action and to talk to you right because if this if it's an account that feels really cold and it doesn't feel like there's anyone behind it and it just feels like ads all the time why would someone comment on that right and it's it's the same type of thing that we've talked about too in terms of the importance of humanizing the brand because when that brand is humanized and there's a face to the company and there's like the tone in the captions are very humanesque people are going to comment. They're going to be like, oh, we can actually, we can discuss this. We can, I have thoughts on this. I would like to know their thoughts on this versus like, if it just feels like a bot, you know? So that's like a super tiny, short, um, little segment, but you have to definitely humanize the brand. You have to definitely focus on curating and building those relationships or your audience is not going to feel comfortable taking action. They're not going to feel comfortable talking to you because they don't feel like they're talking to a real person. And lastly, I wanted to talk specifically about shareable and savable content because obviously the action that we've, we've talked about mostly so far is like direct engagement. It's either purchasing your product or service 
or it's comments and DMs is really what we've talked about the most. But I did want to talk about saves and shares as well because I do think those are a really good metric to to look at, especially – well, shares, obviously, of course, if you're trying to increase traffic or increase brand awareness, shares are a huge one. But saves are also a really great feature or a really great metric for you to look at just for your own um, analytics, just to really gauge what your audience is interested in. So for shares, you have to create content that is worth sharing. First of all, you have to create content that your audience thinks is so good that other people need to see it. And usually this falls into like that, what we were talking about earlier, the top of the funnel type of marketing stuff. This is your memes. These are your reels. This is also the shareable content is typically going to be like the most generic content and the least salesy content. So I saw a TikTok the other day that a girl was talking about making viral content and I couldn't agree more with her. She was saying when you're trying to make viral content and you're trying, which is essentially what you're doing when you want to get more shares. When you're trying to create that content, you honestly shouldn't sell your product at all, at all. Maybe your product or service is just in the video, but it should not be the main purpose of the video. It sh- it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any feature of you. There shouldn't be any part of you that is selling and telling someone how they should buy it because that's when you're going to lose people. It's not going to go viral when it's a salesy video. Your your viral content, your shareable content should be very generic, which is even when we make memes, you have to think about that. And obviously memes can be used in different different ways. You can make very niche memes and their purpose is maybe to sell. That's very possible. But think about the account that I look to a lot for for memes is Sunday Scaries. I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's the it's the account that does the like slams laptop shut until Monday or like they do a post every Sunday of like Sunday vibes, but they do memes throughout the week too. And that's who I look to a lot because it's very generic. What they are posting, majority of people that work in any sort of office job or corporate job or even just work can relate to. And that's why they do so well, right? Because people are sharing it because everybody can relate to it. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to relate to everything you post, but if your goal is to get your brand out there a little bit more, dial it back a little bit in terms of your niche. Make it a little bit more generic, a little bit more relatable to a mass of people. That's something to think about with with creating shareable content. And savable content, really like think about it from the perspective of, it needs to be so good that your audience wants to go back to it. So usually the content that's going to get high saves is going to be like a how-to. It might be a chart or a table. Those typically do really well. Recipes do really well. Again, now that's like if you're not a recipe brand, then maybe don't be doing recipes. But things like that or like lists, something that offers a lot of information that people are going to forget after they saw it. So it might be like, these are my top 15 stores to shop at for fall. Or these are the skincare lines that I trust. Or like these are the whatever, these are my go-to recipes 
for like back to school season, whatever it is, like it could be a long list in the captions. And what I mean by charts and tables also is like, I've seen charts of like, if you, I don't know if your main, even we'll, we'll break it down into social media. If your main goal is brand awareness, these are the types of content you should make. Here's some examples. If your goal is this, this is the content you should make, blah, blah, blah. Or you've seen the ones that are like, here's 30 content ideas for the month of October. Those types of things that have so much information in them makes you want to share it for, or save it, sorry, makes your audience want to save it to come back to it. Now, notice how that type of content is so drastically different from the type of content I was just explaining for shares right? Totally different. So that's, what's important is that like when you are creating content, know what you want your audience to do. Do you want them to save it? Do you want them to share it? Do you want them to comment on it? Do you want them to DM you? Do you want your DMs to increase after you post this? Do you want your website links to, to increase after this? Because all of that is going to require different content. There's really, really few types of content that I feel like can hit all of those boxes. So that's maybe the biggest thing you need to think about when you're wanting to increase like action from your audience is like what type of action do you want them to take? And lastly, I want to do a quick touch on call to actions because as silly as it sounds, your audience doesn't know what to do unless you tell them what to do. So if you are like making this post about how great your service is and your goal is to get them to purchase from you, say that say that. Or at the end of the reel, sometimes I'll throw up, like even for this podcast, I'll throw up, listen to the entire episode on Apple or Spotify, or like the link to listen is in our bio, things like that. Like simply tell them where to get more information or tell them like what you want from them. DM us to get started or share this with like your friend who blah, blah, blah. I know sometimes that sounds corny, but I'm serious. You guys like Sometimes your audience doesn't know what to do unless you blatantly tell them what to do. So those are some tips on how to get your audience to start taking action. I hope this was helpful. It was a very quick episode. They always are when I'm recording by myself, but I still hope it was helpful. Um, Like I said, if you did like this episode, would love it if you rate and reviewed the podcast. And I'll talk to you guys next week.